When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are not good. What? We are not good, chef. Nope. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Put it in the corner! Why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hog, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, h- how you doing? Um, Coach Dicker versus the Hurricane, who would win? Dicker, Dicker. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Dicker. Here they are, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns with you. Week 10 preview episode. Short week. Bears and Panthers. The nobody cares about this game but the Bears and Panthers bowl. No, it's a win-win game for the Bears. Well, it's a Super Bowl. We'll call it that fine. It's a win-win. You got to win this game. Can't let Panthers get another win. No, you can't. But if you do lose, it's also not the end of the world. Because you get those two picks right there. We can yeah. talk about that later. But yeah, win-win, lose-lose, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Thursday night football. It's Al Michaels is thrilled. He's so happy to be there. Uh, welcome in Adam Hogue, Adam Johns with the follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. You can find me on CHGO. You can find Johnsy in the athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Follow our show account at Hogan Johns and all the merch is up at HoganJohns.com, including that hoodie that Johns is wearing. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that. Um, yesterday, if you're watching on YouTube, you saw us do a preview episode, and now we're doing it again, kind of. Um, and we're going to have Joe Person jump on from uh, The Athletic to give us the inside scoop on the Panthers. Um, in all honesty, if you were watching live yesterday and you're wondering why that never got posted later, if you're watching live, you saw that we started late. We were rushed. I had to leave to go to CHGO and do my other show. And at the end of the whole thing, we were like, it wasn't worth posting. We didn't love the episode. We wanted to come back today and do a much better in-depth episode. Probably do what we should have done in the first place, which was have Joe Person come on. Uh, if you guys were watching back in the spring, Joe helped us break down the big trade uh, between the Panthers and Bears. And honestly, that's a you know a big enough storyline this week that we felt like we needed to have it covered again. So we have Joe on the pod today, which is great. I know a lot of people are asking about the big announcement, which is still there. Um, we did announce it yesterday, but we should announce it again since we never posted that podcast. But we're happy to let you know that Josh Lucas, the former Bears director of player personnel, is going to be a part of this show going forward somewhat regularly, not every week, um, but to help us break down the rest of the season. And then I think what we're both really excited about even more so is the draft in the winter leading up to the draft in the spring. He's going to help us do all that. So um, that was the big announcement that we did drop live on YouTube yesterday, but should tell you again, because we never actually posted the podcast. We might have some quarterbacks to discuss. 
Yes. Again. 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 And um, some of that, actually, I think we're going to discuss with Joe coming up here as well. But how about we stick with the current quarterbacks to begin with? And we're recording this on Wednesday morning. Probably maybe get some more clarity later today on what's going on with Justin Fields. Look, today is the only somewhat real practice they have. It's been walkthroughs the last couple of days. Today is like the equivalent of a normal Friday practice. So it's still not like a full go pads on practice. It's all it's shorter too. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes. But I think Justin Fields, if he's going to play in this game tomorrow night, is going to have to maybe be listed on that injury report as full go today. And I'm not sure that's necessarily going to be the case, but we'll probably learn more here in a few hours. He was limited yesterday and that was just the projection of limited because the bears didn't really practice and like my gut tells me that the bears might try to take this all the way up to to game time i think you might have some gamesmanship going on here but at the same time it's it's a chilly rainy kind of day here in chicago which should be a good test of the grip strength. I know he's wearing gloves, but gloves get wet too. If he can't hold the ball firmly, even with that glove, and if there's some pain, the velocity isn't where you need it to be. I know you and I disagree on this to a point, but don't rush him back. And if I'm advising Justin Fields, maybe come back when you're fully healthy. Well, that's where it's that last part. I think we little, we disagree on a little bit. I mean, from the bear standpoint, I understand not rushing him back. Although even from the bear standpoint, if I'm trying to evaluate Justin Fields right now, I know I'm losing reps here the rest of the season. Um, but you also want to evaluate him when he's fully healthy. So I get that. I, my point on Justin's side of this is the Bajan hype has sort of cooled. Right after all those interceptions the other day, four turnovers in that game, um, five overall, but four for Beijing. This is a matchup where I feel like I can have some success, win a game, which hasn't happened a whole lot, and maybe get some of that favor back in the Justin Fields camp. I, this is unbelievable, Johns. We're not that far away from this dude throwing eight touchdowns and one interception over two starts. And then it was one game against the Vikings where he was not good, but the game plan also stunk and he got hurt and didn't even finish the game. And like, it's like all of a sudden those two good games he had just completely disappeared. And I'm just saying like, if, if I'm Justin or if I'm advising Justin, even if that hand's on 100%, I feel like he can go out and have a decent game Thursday night, get a victory. Whereas if he doesn't play, maybe Bajan's the quarterback who does that and gets some of the secret Bajan man, Mark Carmen singing songs again going on here. And then Justin has to come back against the Lions in a week and a half. And that's not going to be an easy game to have any success. On the road, very good defense, very good pass rush. Yeah, not... An ideal situation. I just think if you're Justin Fields and you make your money with that right hand, gripping the football, let's not make risky decisions here. Okay. This this is longer than this season. This is perhaps about your next opportunity. If you further damage that hand, and all it's going to take is 
you throwing the ball and grazing somebody's helmet, you running out of bounds and slipping or something like that. Even like on a slide after a great scramble and your in your hand is being dragged across the turf. Can you get through it? And look, the clearance from the doctors comes first. I don't know if he's going to get it, but I don't know. It just feels like don't rush it. Like that would be my advice. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying, but don't rush long-term damage to, to your future. Your throwing hand, something you need. This isn't like your left pinky. It's your right throwing thumb. Don't rush it, man. Well, regardless of if they have Justin or not, um, the Bears should be healthier in this football game. Um, with Khalil Herbert full go listed on the injury report, designated to return from IR, I would. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be activated for this game if he's listed as full on the injury report. Same goes for Josh Blackwell coming back from a hamstring and Equinemia St. Brown coming back from a hamstring. It it. I think it's safe to assume those guys will be activated by three o'clock Thursday that with the Thursday game, they can take this up to three o'clock with the roster moves. Um, now you have to make other moves in the meantime. So maybe it's possible. They're not all activated just because of roster needs. Um, but that'll be interesting to watch, especially with this. Is kind of, I'm not, I haven't heard this talked about too much EQ. If he's possibly coming back, what does it mean for Valus Jones, who's clearly got to be in the doghouse at this point? And I actually thought yesterday's press conferences, like Richard Hightower, special teams coordinator, pretty, pretty blatantly honest, uh, bluntly honest. I should probably word that and saying like, yeah, that special teams penalty in the face mask can't happen, dude. Unacceptable, I think was his exact wording. Um. Uh, like he's in the, doesn't he like, isn't that like his current address and, and has been like since the start of the year? I know I'm making light of the situation, but I don't think he's gotten out of it. One doghouse drive. <laughs> oh, 12 doghouse drive. That's 12. Better. I'm sorry. That's there better. Yeah. 12 uh, doghouse drive. I know okay. we're having fun with this, but like in all seriousness, right? Like, come on. Yeah. These mistakes cannot keep happening when your snaps are limited. You can't have like 13 snaps in a game and have one of them be like a major penalty in a major moment of the game. <laughs> that's not a good ratio. That's a bad ratio, man. That's like, a, you know, guys get benched for that stuff. It, it, it's like plus minus. It, it's like plus minus in basketball, right? Like it, it's not the uh, end all be all stat, but like over the course of time, if more bad things are happening than good things when you're on the field. That's not good, man. No. Oh. Yeah. Like, hey, when we put 12 on the field, what is the end result of the play? Good or bad? Okay. A lot more bad than good going on here. And, and it's one thing for that to be on offense, but special teams is like the reason he's still on the roster, why he's still active. He is a good gutter, but you can't make mistakes. Yeah, so he They're was not the getting field. anything out of him in the return game. So no, what's the point? He was on the field for 13 special team snaps, and one of them was that major penalty. He was on the field for 10 offensive snaps. Actually, a season high for him on mm -hmm. offense, but I can't remember. No, he had one target. That's it. Well, that's questionable when he had that drop in Chargers game for his snaps to go up. So I'm just I'm intrigued. I think when it comes to these three guys coming back from IR, it seems like they're all healthy. They don't all need to be activated, though, just because they're healthy. 
Um, so there could be some roster movement and games that need to be played there. But if Khalil Herbert's healthy, I am playing Khalil Herbert. He is your number one running back. He should continue to be your number one running back. I don't believe there should be a controversy there. Uh, oh, oh, you saw me move. Oh, man, you were ready to pounce there in my bold predictions column today. Check it out on the athletic. It'll fire you up. Actually, it'll really get you going. I'm sure. Um, number two, um, but number nine of my 10 bold predictions is that Deontay Foreman will lead the bears in rushing by the end of the season. Your thoughts, Adam Hogue. Well, does he, well, he wouldn't be leading them now. He leads he? them now. Oh, he, he does them lead now. them now. So you think he's going to continue to get more carries than Herbert? Mm-hmm. No, nah, unless he's not healthy. I don't agree with that. I think Herbert's the better running back. I think there's something to Foreman's style that endears him to the way the Bears want to play. The style of him falling down in the open field? I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Stop falling down on shoestring tackles. You have to be able to run through those. But he runs through through some things to get to that shoestring tackle. He runs through like a 300-pound man and then gets tripped up by the 100-pound corner. (laughs) Wait, there's an 100-pound corner in the league? That's impressive. We should do a story. Yeah, playing on the panel. Full feature piece on the athletic coming on the hundred pound corner on the Saints. <laughs> a little hyperbole in there. Okay. Um, what else do we got on this injury report? Oh, Brisker's coming back. That's good. Are the Bears going to have their two starting safeties in this game? Yeah, that's good. Eddie Jackson got through the game on Sunday. If you're looking for a positive, there's one. Uh, does Tyreek not Stevenson on there? Tyreek Stevenson's been full go. Okay, so all okay. week with the he, ankle, he got an X-ray after the Saints game. Uh, he didn't finish the Saints game. I know that's that was. I was surprised to see him listed as full when he was getting X-rays. Um, and then it does seem like they're going to be without Tremaine Edmonds, who's been uh, DNP the last two days. So unless he suddenly is limited and wants to go with that knee, um, but your guy Jack Sanborn, and I think this is a podcast or a conversation for a podcast the, another day, but. I thought Jack Sanborn had a really solid game. And I felt like I turned to Kevin Fishbane. Like, are we noticing Jack Sanborn more in this game than we've noticed Tremaine Edmonds like all season? So we had this conversation with Brian Baldinger yesterday on CHGO. And Baldy just straight up thinks the Bears made a mistake in paying Tremaine Edmonds. Not that Tremaine Edmonds isn't good, but it just wasn't necessary. Why, why, why do you need to pay $80 million to a linebacker when you already have an undrafted free agent who's more than capable of starting? Just as good. And um, now, I, I mean, there's some areas where he's not as good. He's obviously not as big. He doesn't cover as much area in the passing game when, you, you know, in, in pass defense, which was the whole reason that they liked Jermaine Edmonds. But like, this goes back to my thing where I keep talking about with the Lions. Just draft good football players. Like guys, you just know they're reliable. They know how to make plays. And that's what Jack Sanborn is. Just a good football player. Is he going to make every play out there? Can he cover all the ground? No, but he finds the ball. He gets to the football and he makes tackles. So I don't, and it just seemed like an unnecessary, and it's kind of unfair to Tremaine Edmonds. I like Tremaine Edmonds and, and, and I think he's fine, but the gap in the money is just, it just doesn't seem necessary. It doesn't seem like a good alloc- allocation of resources. Lance Briggs, he might know linebacker play, was celebrating Jack Sanborn's play on Twitter. So take that into context. Yeah, I know he likes his, his Jack Sanborn. Um, 
So yeah, it's an interesting conversation again, probably for another day, but it's a good, a good test for this is always like, Oh, this X player is not playing. Does it matter? And like, yeah. is anybody sitting there going, Oh, Tremaine Evans is going to miss another game. This is a problem. Yeah. Here, here's another one for you. Here's another one for you. Who's better at right guard, Nate Davis or Tevin Jenkins? I think the Bears might have something here with Tevin Jenkins and Darnell Wright on the same side. Well, I agree with that, but I also think Tevin was playing just as well on the left side. And if Nate Davis is strictly a right guard, I think he's going to go back to right guard. And their argument is going to be, well, we're just getting our best five out there. Bold prediction number eight. Tevin Jenkins will play himself into contract extension talks in 2024. Check out the column on theathletic.com. Well, you want to just give the whole thing away. It's too long to read here. You're really excited about this. It's fun, though. I like it. I like it. That's an interesting conversation. If he can continue to stay healthy the rest of the way, I think think he might be right. Um, All right. Should we get to Joe? Let's bring him in. Okay. Uh, Joe Person does a great job of covering the Carolina Panthers. Uh, He's been on the show before and certainly was in the spring back when this big trade was made between the Bears and Panthers. You can follow him on Twitter at Joseph Person and uh, read all his stuff in The Athletic. He joins us right now, Joe Person. All right, Joe, the last time uh, I think we had you on this podcast, we were uh, breaking down the trade that happened back in March between the Bears and the Panthers. You know, this is one of those Thursday games where I don't know that anybody outside of Carolina or Chicago cares about it. But between these two teams, it is actually damn interesting. I I think the parallels here, it's an intriguing matchup. The fact that the Bears own the Panthers pick. Let's start with this, Joe. Just I don't know how many months it's been. What? Six, seven, Um, eight, eight. Jesus, time is flying. Okay. Um, where where's Panther Nation with this trade and revisiting it, looking back on it now, this trade that went down with the Bears, losing DJ Moore, drafting Bryce Young. Where's everybody at with this? Well, if you had asked me last week, they might have been in a better place after Bryce had had kind of outdueled um, C.J. Stroud in in whatever that was, week eight, week eight. Um, but then week nine happened, and uh, it was just like the perfect storm of – uh, Bryce having the two pick sixes against Indianapolis with Kenny Moore taking both of them to the house and with CJ Stroud having a record setting day for a rookie uh, in Houston's win against Tampa Bay. And the only thing that could have made it worse for Panther fans, if, if Anthony Richardson had played that game for the Colts and had thrown for 350 yards, but yeah, it was a bad day. And so, yeah, I mean, I think there's a, a segment of Panther fans that are, are still understanding this is a relatively small window with Bryce. He had been playing better, much better before last week. And, uh, but boy, guys, it's hard to, to, and I've tried to stay away from these comparisons, but then when last week it was impossible to look at, at, at what CJ had done and what Bryce did and, and just wonder what would have been different had those two flipped and the Panthers had gone with C.J. Stroud, but they didn't. And so, uh, 
Yeah, and and now here are the Bears on the schedule holding the Panthers' first round pick. I, P- Panther fans aren't real thrilled this week. How are the the Panthers, the team, the organization itself, like handling this? I mean, C.J. Stroud's numbers are ridiculous. <laughs> it's it, I mean he, he's having one of the most impressive rookie seasons by a quarterback in in recent memory that that, that I can even remember. Like what? What do they think of all this? Like, uh, are, are they frustrated or are they just trying to be patient with everything? Well, as you can imagine, they have very supportive publicly of, of Bryce. And, uh, you know, they've already, you know, this franchise has already kind of done a, kind of a big reversal in having Frank Wright give up play calling after about five weeks, uh, six weeks. I mean, that... That that's Frank's thing. Like, you know, he got hired, uh, you know, in, in Indy as uh, I mean, he's been a quarterback. He's coached a position. Like, for him to give up play calling was a big deal, and he insisted that the owner didn't make him do it. You know, which of course you guys remember, Ursay made him change quarterbacks last year, which sort of was the beginning of his uh, beginning of the end of his time in, in Indy. But in any case. You know, it, it, you just wonder if this keeps spiraling the way it's downward, the way it's going. David Tepper is not just going to sit on his hands and do nothing. And so you, you think the first level of heat will go on and is already going on the GM here, Scott Fitter, just because he's been around longer. And then does, is Frank shielded and his staff shielded just by the fact that that, that they're relatively new? I guess, but you know, not if this become not not if one and seven becomes one and sixteen or two and fifteen. I, I think all bets would be off in that scenario. And, and Joe, like, how much of the underlying? Um, well, let me rephrase it. What do we know about who wanted who in the draft, and it, it, which quarterback they really wanted, and how could that also sort of? I mean, I, I imagine if there's any of that going on behind the scenes, that's got to be festering too, as they lose games and you know go on to watch the Bears use their pick this year. Yeah, it's a great question. Here's what we know, um, and I, I believe this to be true. When when Wright got here, which late late January, one of the first that they're having a pre combine meeting. Scott Fitter goes around the room with his guys, his scouts, assistant general manager, Dan Morgan, you know, the the talent guys. And all of them to a man, he says, if we go up for one, who do y'all want? And they all say Bryce, Fitter included. And they said to Frank, Fitter says to Frank, we don't need your answer now. You you know, just <laughs> although it's sort of like it's it sort of slants things, right? You say, take some time, think about it, Frank, but here's who we all want. Um, and I do think Wright got on board. Um listen, I asked him the week they were playing CJ, you know, what <laughs> the, the the narrative, Frank, was that you wanted a big quarterback principally CJ Stroud, he said, I never said that to anyone. I, you know, I know that got reported, but Bryce is our guide, yada, yada. I do think Wright got on board with the pick, but here's the thing, guys. Not only was the GM 
and, and his crew leaning toward toward Bryce. Then the owner, David Tepper, and his wife, Nicole, go on all the pro days, or at least I think they missed um, Levis's. I forget. Um, but they go to all the quarterback pro days, especially Stroud and, and Youngs. And I think they fell for, for Bryce. You know, the, the idea of him being the face of the franchise, uh, you know, he's a sharp kid, you know, all this stuff. And and then I think you had the owner and the GM in Bryce's corner and, you know, Frank, too, at that point as well. So if you're going through the reasons of, like, why he's struggling, is it just rookie inexperience? Does he not have enough weapons? Is the, the roster just bad? Like, how would you rank things, you know, to, to get the results that you're getting right now? Weapons probably first. And, and I, again, this, none of this is excusing Bryce, but but let's point out, you know, you know, they gave up DJ Moore, which they said they had to do. We're not let's we won't we don't need to revisit all that. But but and they they kind of patchworked it with DJ Chark, who hadn't done much. Adam Thielen, who's done a lot. All right. You know, three yards downfield. Not not nothing stretching the secondaries. And, uh, you know, Hayden Hurst, they haven't really found, gotten him into a groove yet. So, but here's what's made it worse, is the offensive line. Like, Scott Fitter built up this offensive line. His whole plan, I think we even had had it in the article we wrote, Adam and Mark. He wanted to build up the offensive line and then drop a quarterback uh, before he dropped a rookie quarterback behind it. And they looked good the last year, not this year. Uh, first round pick, Iki Aquanu, their left tackle has taken a step backwards. Austin Corbett's really good at right guard, but he just came back off of uh, ACL surgery. So he's not quite where he w- w- will eventually get back to. And so Bryce doesn't get a lot of protection. The height, here's where the height thing comes in a lot of interior pressure, guys. And I'm not sure he's always seeing things downfield. And then the and then he, he has been durable for a guy you know we we've questioned his durability he's held up, but when that pocket's breaking down and he can't step into his throws, that's when you really see kind of the size and and kind of you know decent arm strength but not great arm strength shows up and especially last week with one of those two pick sixes. So, you know, with all that in mind. I think the view here in Chicago is as bad as things have been going. They should be able to get a win here on, on Thursday night at home. Um, of course, the Panthers did manage to pull out one of those games. But the, where are they? I know Brian Burns is out this week with a concussion. Uh, J.C. Horn's out too, right, with a hamstring. Panthers are banged up. I mean, what, what are the realistic chances on the Panther side that they can come in here and get a win on a short week? Yeah, it'd, it'd be hard to pick them. I mean, they're they're like signing guys off the street at this point. You know, Blake Martinez. I don't think I don't think Blake's going to play. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Is he selling Pokemon cards or something? <laughs> oh yeah, he got in some trouble with Pokemon. Really? Um, read all about it on in, in the Athletic today, guys. Really? <laughs> um, <laughs> So, but here's the thing. They didn't rule out Blake Martinez. He showed up Tuesday and, 
nobody said, oh, yeah, no, he's definitely not playing Thursday. They said, well, if anyone can do it, he knows this system because he was with Ajero, uh, Averro in, in Green Bay. So that's the state of this this team right now. Um, can they win Thursday? I, mean, I guess if, if Chicago gives them some turnovers and, you know, Bryce holds on to the ball. Yeah, maybe. The defense did for all, you know, the the – all the band-aids and the mash unit that it that it looks like uh, Avero is really pretty damn good coordinator. I mean, they I get it was Gardner Minshew, but the Colts had been scoring points and putting up yards, and they held them last week to 198 yards and 13 points. Unfortunately, the you know that Bryce uh, gave them 14 points. So yeah, I don't. I, I, the Panthers haven't been favored in a game all season, and I, I can't imagine them winning Thursday. Yeah, the Bears have gone from eight and a half point underdogs to three point favorites in well less, less than a week here, right? I well, the last two weeks they were eight and a half point underdogs that moved to nine and a half by kickoff, and now they're against the Panthers to three point favorites. Three point favorites, um, Joe. Before we let you go, um, I'm going to Chapel Hill on Friday to go see Drake may as I continue my side job as a college scout you know? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> to go watch these quarterbacks. Um, but you've seen Drake may a ton in, in, in high school. What can you tell us about him, man? Yeah. So he went to Myers park high school, which is where my kids go. And um, I remember that this is a story I've tell a lot of people. I think it was one spring my dad happened to be in town. He's a big kind of football nerd like the rest of us. And we're picking up my kids. And I look over at this spring practice. And I think Drake May at the time was probably like 16. And they were doing a throwing drill where he'd throw kind of a, a deep out to the left. And then it'd come back and throw a deep out to the right. Boom, boom. And I just pulled the car over. And I was like, are you watching this dad? Because he was putting every throw right on the guy's hands, you know, outside shoulder, just terrific throws. I got to know the family a little bit, you know, his dad. I mean, you guys know the story with all the brothers, but it was, you know, you're watching him and you know, you're watching, you know, greatness at 16, but I didn't really think I was watching the, the number one or number two overall pick. I said, hey, this guy's going to be a pretty good college player. And, but uh, he's special. I mean, it, it, this this quarterback class, I mean, you know, who knows how it's going to play out. But you'll have fun in Chapel Hill, man. Have you ever been there before? No, no, I'm looking forward to it. Franklin Street, you, you got to go hit Franklin Street for a cold beverage and a sandwich. But it's a great college town. Looking forward to it. So if a Bears fan said to you, Joe, there's no way in hell I'm going to accept drafting another quarterback out of North Carolina in the first round, <laughs> how, how do you talk them off the ledge with Drake May? Well, I mean, you know, he's got the size um, and look, he's got the kind of frame it looks like to me that he's going to add weight in, in, as he gets older. But he also runs like, you know, you don't want him running much, but he he can get out and make plays with his feet. He's got special arm talent. I mean, Caleb Williams, like, I, listen, I sound like I'm Drake May's publicist. I just happened to have watched him for a number of years. But uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's it's uh, people around here. Uh, he's he he's kind of iconic in in the Myers Park region of of South Carolina or of, uh, North Carolina. But um, I'll be interested to read your story, man. That'll uh, that that'll be a cool trip for you. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like, so did they, did they like pack his his high school games? Was was he like a? You're kind of saying he was like a, like kind of a local superstar. Yeah, so. I grew up in Pennsylvania, which I, I think is a lot like Chicago, where like people really come out for high school football games. North Carolina and Ch- and Chapel Hill's kind of this way, and, and so is this this school where we go. My kids go. It's kind of a wine and cheese crowd more than like a beer and brats crowd. Um, but yeah, I mean, people like people. I mean, listen, he was committed to Alabama, and and ended up which everyone's like, wait a minute, what? Cause you know, the dad played at UNC, the brother played at UNC. Well then Bryce commits to Alabama and Drake shifts to, to, to chat to UNC. But um, yeah, it's, it, it, it was fun watching him. It was fun. And then unfortunately the end of his you know career got kind of sideways with COVID and, I think oh, he ended yeah. up he ended up enrolling early at Chapel Hill rather than playing whatever the abbreviated COVID season was going to be. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of kids got affected by that. Um, Joe, always appreciate the insight. Thanks for jumping on with us. We'll be following you on Twitter at Joseph Person. As always, uh, looking forward to that Blake Martinez story in the Athletic and uh, Pokemon. We'll see, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> he made he like was making millions off of that. Yeah. So you're telling me what he was like stealing money. (laughs) So Zach Kiefer for, for, you know, with the athletic wrote a really good piece last July and uh, Blake was Martinez was very open and was saying we've made 11 million bucks in, in one year. And like three weeks later, like the house of cards literally kind of like caved in on them. No, no criminal charges. Uh, that we know of, excuse me, but but this online streaming marketplace site called Whatnot, which I was not familiar with, they banned him. They said, you know, that he would open up a pack of cards on on the live stream, and then the the guy that whoever bought it would not get those exact cards. Martinez said yesterday that he needed to do more due diligence with some of the people working under him said it was a lot of false allegations. So I don't know. You, the things you you don't think you're going to get into as an NFL beat writer, guys. I did not have Pokemon <laughs> cards in the whatnot online streaming marketplace on my bingo card. See, if Bears fans want to get creative here, there's if Blake Martinez plays Thursday night, there's, there's a real opportunity for some creative chants coming from the crowd. Like, like I remember uh, with, uh, being at a Wisconsin St. Cloud State hockey game when I was in college and uh, and the goalie for St. Cloud State had been like accused of plagiarism and the entire student section is just chanting, cite your sources, like as he's in net, like five feet away. It was brilliant. I loved it. So there's something there for Bears fans. You guys got to think about this now. That is some highbrow trash talking. I <laughs> I applaud that. Only only at a uh, Wisconsin St. Cloud hockey game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Joe, as always, we appreciate it, man. We'll see you here in Chicago. Sounds good, guys. Thanks, Joe. 
If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. All right, great stuff with Joe. Um, I love the parallels between these two teams, Johns, but to keep things moving uh, and kind of keep the same conversation going let's get to our three big questions number one who would you rather be the panthers or the bears joe and our guy the fish man did a great job breaking this down on the athletic but what do you think adam hogue who would you rather be the panthers or the bears and also included in that piece you're talking about they got they basically asked randy mueller the same question the former gm um, who who uh, does a lot of work on the athletic and the athletic football show, um, and he was basically like, "I don't really like either of these teams, but if I had to pick, I'd go with the Bears because of the draft picks, and that's where I am too." You, the Panthers are look. Both of these teams have some doubt and still some hopeful optimism about their quarterbacks, but the Bears are in a much much closer to the exit door if they need to be on Justin Fields than the Panthers are with Bryce Young. And they have two first-round picks. They have two picks that are probably going to be in the top 10, if not the top five. And the Panthers don't have any. So I think this is a pretty easy answer. Both teams have cap space. Not necessarily a problem. Bears have more. But um, I don't know how many teams I... We'd pick the Bears if we, you know, we went across the league and asked this question, but this is one of them where I say Bears. The best case scenario is still that Justin Fields comes back and plays well enough to to where you're like, okay, I could use the second pick in Marvin Harrison Jr. and I could use the whatever pick on the best tackle or the best pass rusher, someone who else, some other top prospect, and you can load up your roster or can improve your roster with blue chip players. Um, so number two, question number two, Adam Hogue. The Athletics' current draft model from Austin Mock has the Bears with the second and fourth picks in the draft. If that's the case, come April, who are you taking at number two? Who went number one? All right, so at number one, I'll say that Caleb Williams went number one. Okay, then I'm going Marvin Harrison Jr. As of right now. And and I might go Marvin Harrison Jr. So, even if Drake May went number okay, one. Okay, all right. 
I but, think I'm in the same boat, by the way. But again, ask me the same question in January after we've seen these last, are they going to be seven starts, eight starts for Justin Fields? We'll see. Um, But right now, where we're at, I go Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, And I'd love the Penn State offensive tackle at four if he's still there. And I think those are possibilities because if Drake May continues this rise that he's on, and maybe even if he doesn't, we know how quarterbacks go. And they're going to go in the top. So like two of those, two of those top four picks are going to be those two quarterbacks. So if you're the bears and you don't have to take a quarterback, you could end up with both of those other players. Yeah. I just think to me, to use the terms best case scenario, like for the draft, it's coming away with Marvin Harrison jr. Who is generational in terms of talent. We talked to Dane Brugler, the athletics draft analyst, about this. You know, you could pick holes, you could you could poke holes in the quarterbacks. Like Marvin Harrison Jr. No, there's not like this is a special player. Like a can't miss player. Well, you just know he's gonna be good. Yes. <laughs> you, 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 yeah. you, as good as Caleb Williams might be, you don't you, you just never know with with rookie quarterbacks. You just never know. I and Marvin Harrison to me is the one guy you know, okay, if we use that pick, we're good. We're going to line him up, DJ Moore. Maybe we don't have to re-sign Darnell Mooney, or maybe Mooney can still come back on a you know cheaper contract. Now we got three pretty good, damn good receivers. Okay? I mean, and a, and, that, and a damn good tight end, too. Yeah, which is one of the... Probably should get a little bit more attention how good of a season Cole Komet's having. Oh, can I mention the bold predictions again? <laughs> What are they going to extend them again? <laughs> no. What do you got? No, I'm oh. having fun with this, baby. Number six, Cole Komet will earn an individual postseason accolade. <laughs> Among tight ends, Komet is sixth in recent. What does that mean? Like 11th in yards and second in touchdown catches. That are all pro. One of those. He should be at least a pro bowler. Yeah. And like at very least an alternate. I mean, in the NFC, what? You got George Kittle. Sam Laporta is having a great year, and you got TJ Hawkinson. It's actually Laporta and Hawkinson who have the better numbers, just in terms if you're just going off that instead of the star power George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Hawkinson and Laporta are are above Komet. How about three Iowa tight ends right there? Oh, true. Good point. Uh, uh, unbelievable. Good for them, Good. but they still can't score points. Number three, speaking of receivers, let's set the over under a nine and a half catches for DJ Moore against the Panthers. What are you taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the under nine, but if you had done yards, whatever the yards would have been, I think I would have said over. Does that make sense? Let's go 99.5. Oh, over. Yeah, I, I think he has a big game. I just don't know if it's that many catches. If that makes sense. Like I, it might be it might be six catches for one fifty and two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see him going off in this game. Similar so to I've, Washington. I, I've had DJ Moore on my fantasy team. It's been a ride. You know, he obviously had the great game against Washington. Um then with Bajan, it's been pretty slow. And he's not necessarily a must start every week depending on the matchup, depending on the quarterback situation. But there's no way in hell I'm taking him out of my lineup when he's playing the Carolina Panthers. He's going up against his old team. To me, 
they're going it, to, it, it's, it's already inexplicable that they haven't been able to get him the ball more when he's your best player. Like, just keep throwing his way. Remember that's the two weeks with Justin Fields, he had a perfect passer rating throwing to just uh, to to DJ Moore, and then somehow they get away from that. Like you, you just got to find ways to get your best player the ball. You don't throw a screen to Valus Jones with DJ <laughs> Moore blocking. You throw the screen to DJ Moore with Valus Jones blocking. I mean, what are we doing here? Does he have to be blocking? Can he maybe not be on the field? Well, that too, but like, just stop with the cuteness. You don't need Tyler Scott lined up at fullback. Blocking the same player that Cole Komet's blocking. And if there's a missed assignment there, well, maybe it's because he's not a fullback. He doesn't know his job. <laughs> he's a rookie wide receiver from Cincinnati. Just stop with this. Just right. run, the, run the ball and throw the ball to DJ Moore. Well, I, okay? think the, I think the Bears will should be able to run over just in terms of like activating the play action and whatnot. Boots, they should be able to run this team over with Deontay Foreman. Also revenge game factor. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay. Heal Herbert's guy. Gotcha. It's like, you know, against Antioch the other day. We, we, did, did we run the same play four, five, six times in a row? Yes, it was working. Like, <laughs> like, okay. Come on now. It, you know, it doesn't, it's football. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Yeah, if yeah, you know come, you can do something, just keep doing it. Yeah, come and stop it. There's a conversation I'd love to have with you on another podcast <laughs> about the, uh, the tweets after that game, by the way. But, oh, yeah. I'm, you know, well, maybe wait till after the season's over. All right. I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. But yeah, those were fun. All right. Let's run through more over unders. These are yours from Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. This is from Nate. Over, under, and showings of the current draft order. You have it at three, Nate. You got to put a half in there. I'm going to set it at three and a half and go with three. Okay. You get one right off the bat. Yeah, I think... I think... you. I'm going to go under, but it does happen obviously once, maybe a couple times. I mentioned this on yesterday's show, too. I'll, I'll repeat it again for those that missed it. Um, Amazon Prime opportunity here now. Okay, they have the next gen stats and all that prime vision. So you could get one that's like the probability of where the Bears picks will end up being based on them like simulating the rest of the schedule and then throw out the same exact PSA. Um, and we, uh, my brain just froze there because I was wondering what we were doing next. Uh, but the same PSA. <laughs> Maybe a little bit more coffee this morning. The same PSA. Watch this game on the the Prime Vision. There's a secondary channel. So when you turn it on, you like hit the down button. It'll give you the other options. I think one is to watch the game in Spanish, and then the other one's Prime Vision. It'll be all 22, and they show you the routes as the routes are being run, and it'll actually flash green when a player's open. It's actually super cool. So And it'll be red if a player's not open. So I highly, highly recommend for this one game because it's available. You watch the game that way. I'll have to check that out when I come home at halftime. I got a <laughs> trip to go to on Friday. Um, all right, Paul H. Over under Tevin Jenkins blocks that you can see the defender's soul leaving his body. <laughs> Three and a half. Yeah, I'm going under again. I think there's two. But on Prime Vision, you actually can see. No, I'm just kidding. He actually turns into a pancake. <laughs> the soul. Yeah. <laughs> the soul. Maybe on the Nickelodeon broadcast, they do. 
that could be something that happens, like where the player just turns into a pancake, <laughs> and, and it comes out like like uh like those well the movies those kid movies where the the soul comes out. Yeah. Did you do you know they're doing the Nickelodeon broadcast for the Super Bowl this year? Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we have to have, have like a separate kids room with the Nickelodeon, mm. and then also lock the door. This is from Theodore. Over, under on sacks for Montez Sweat, one and a half. I'm going to go under, but he'll get one. He'll get one. Yeah, I'm going to go under, too. But I agree, one. He does get home. A couple nice long-arm rushes in that game, but not enough. He'd been on the team for a few days. We'll see if he can translate more production into this one. This is from Wayne. I added some more from yesterday's show. Over, under, and Whopper commercials. BK. Oh, man. Have it your way. Three and a half. I know that they're doing like a good job of advertising because I think that's that and maybe Menards are the only two commercials where my son can actually sing the like the songs. So like they're doing something there, Burger King. Um, that's a way over, by the way. That'll be like six or seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You might get some back to back. This is from Mo. I like this one. Negative comments about the game's quality slash entertainment value made by Al Michaels. Over under four and a half. Way over. Yeah. <laughs> way over. I- I'm surprised he's even coming in this game. Like he couldn't come up with some excuse to skip this one. It's been one of the funnier storylines the last two years. It's just how unin- uninterested Al Michaels is at being some of some of these Thursday games. I think you're going to get like this is going to go over in the like the third quarter alone. <laughs> this should be based on like half or or quarters. Like Al, Al is phenomenal. He's had an unbelievable career. He's one of the best to ever do it. But he's lost his fastball a little bit, and I think. Some of these Thursday games, you know, <laughs> sucking some more velocity out of there too. I mean, it's it's it, it's rough sometimes. Uh, we had this one on yesterday's show as well. Uh, this is from Cole mentions of the Craig Council signing by the Cubs over on their half. I know it won't happen, Cole says. I just needed I just needed to celebrate a moment of Chicago sports positivity. Yeah, I, I think it does happen. I, I I think it's a big enough story that it does it does get brought up at some point and um and maybe even in the context of the Bears. Like is Matt Eberflus the Bears David Ross? Where they're like they're happy with them. We know they're happy with them. Ryan Poles once again went out of his way to give a nice long endorsement of the head coach last week. But if the right Jim Harbaugh becomes available, do you look to improve? Just like Craig Council became available. I mean, I, I think it's a completely valid discussion that I don't know if that goes in as in-depth, but Kirk Herbstreit covers college football now. We might have some Michigan news by tomorrow as well. Did you see that? They're, they're, uh, they might have like a ruling by tomorrow. So maybe that's in, maybe this is all coming together for the Power perfect over under brought to you by Cole right here. 
I love the um, well, the story by the Athletic was it yesterday? Um, where Michigan's like, you know what? You're stealing our signs too, Ohio State, Iowa. <laughs> we get evidence of that. Oh, I mean, si- sign stealing is a thing. Yes. Um, like there were games when I was with Northwestern that they would be playing a team and they'd be extra worried about it and they would do different things. Like not every game would they have big sheets up blocking, you know, basically the the, the signs, but other games they wouldn't have those sheets because like so there's some games they are worried about it more than others based on who they were playing it is a thing and it's not technically illegal it's crazy that this guy went to the lengths that he did like where he's literally like sneaking onto people's sidelines that's like my favorite thing about this this whole story i know we got a pick to get to get to but if jim harbaugh just happens to become into coach conversation this is going to be part of the conversation of jim harbaugh this assistant coach being captured like on the sidelines of the Western Michigan game, like wearing sunglasses, I believe at night with yeah. the hat on. And, you know, he's got the go, he's got the full goatee on now. <laughs> just, yeah. The Ray bands that have the video on them. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh man. Also like, how does that happen? Like Western Michigan has to be in on it. I would think. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I mean, he had a Western Michigan hat, a Western Michigan polo. He's on the sidelines, like literally behind the head coach. But here's the great thing about the NFL. You don't have to steal signs. Just relay the plays through the headsets. Mm-hmm. So Jim Harbaugh. You could still hire him at the NFL. Jim Harbaugh. That's, that's all I'm saying. All right. Should we get to this game? Let's do it. Prime video, 7-15 kickoff. Panthers at Bears. The Bears are a three-point favorite. Bold predictions. What do you got um, for bold predictions? Um, I like that we're doing this podcast again because I could change mine. Yeah, I'm changing mine, too, from yesterday. Yeah. What are you going with? Then? Well, mine yesterday was that I thought Justin Fields would play. And I'm not necessarily off that. I just don't want to say that and then have Matt Eberflus rule him out two hours from now, which I don't think he's going to do. I think the question is, is he is he listed as questionable or doubtful, doubtful. on the injury report? You think it's going to be doubtful? Um, I, th- hmm. I think he's going to be questionable game time decision. Okay. And then if I had to pick one way or the other right now, I'm feeling I actually feel like it's Bajan. But... So that's why I'm going to change it. Um, Cole Komet keeps his touchdown streak going, and he gets two more. Ooh, ooh! I'm I'm glad that you made this because legally in this state, I'm no longer allowed to make Cole Komet predictions. Um, true. I'm going to go with. Jalen Johnson pick six. Oh. If Kenny Moore can do it twice, Jalen Johnson can do it once. Okay. So this is where we get into we run into trouble where now we have to pick the game and keep all of it. 
Because I think I said earlier, DJ Moore, touchdowns. DJ Moore gets two touchdowns. Cole Komet <laughs> gets two touchdowns. Jalen Johnson gets a pick six, and the Bears well, score no, tw- and the Bears score twenty points. But these are different predictions. So you, <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, <laughs> they actually yeah. take some points off the Bears touchdown. We don't listen to our own show here. You're not listening, Chris. Yeah. Um. All right. As for the pick, that I'm keeping relatively the same range. I'm going to say, I, I think I said 20 points yesterday, whatever. Like somewhere around 20, 23 to 13. Let's say uh, 23, 13. Bears. Okay. I'm going to switch mine from yesterday to 20. We'll, we'll go, let's go 27, 16. Okay. So a little bit more offense. Get some field goals in there. Cairo Santos field goals in there. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. There you go. All right. Now, what happens if we're doing a post-game show after a Bears loss? <laughs> it's a win-win, Adam Hogg. It's a win-win. I don't think it'd be viewed that way. Lose-lose. I think that would be a problematic for some people. If you lose this game, that'd be tough. Um, before we get out of here, we want to play your voicemails too, because we know a lot of people uh, didn't get a chance to listen to them when we played them yesterday on uh, on YouTube. So uh, we put them at the end in case you already did hear them. You don't have to listen to them again unless you want to. I would. I recommend it. But uh, for those of you that haven't heard them yet, here are your voicemails before we get out of here. Your voicemails from the Bears' loss to the Saints. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! The Hogan Johns voicemail. The Hogan Johns voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Okay, Cat Gunsy, Pat Bob Zaprowski here in New Orleans, the Super Thumb. Uh, the Saints just missed a kick, and right now, Tyson Bajant has two minutes and some change to go down the field, score a touchdown, and then end this game. Uh, well, tie the game, maybe win it. Who knows? Doesn't matter. Next week is the game of life. Game of everybody's life. Biggest game of the season. Next week, Carolina, Thursday night. Count lose. Must win. Either way you want to put it. Let's go, Bears. This is a cute little game right now, but let's save all the marbles for next week. Go, Bears. Bear it down. What do you know? Valus Jones? Valus Jonesing. Bear down. Hey there, Hogan Jones. None other than Papa Bear. George Hallis here. Just took a little bit of a break from spitting in my grave to just be, you know, I don't want to be a fundamentalist Frankie here, but does anybody tackle anymore? Uh, I wish my daughter would get rid of the whole lot of them. Anyway, I'm just going to watch Bajan throw another interception here and get back to spinning. As always, bed out. It is 2.26, and Tyson Bajant is in for the game-winning drive. My wife and I are due with our first child today. If he wins this, his name will be Tyson. Bear down. Hey, boys, I spoke too soon. I'm on my uh, 
I don't know, too many whiskey cokes. Man, I feel bad for Bajent, but I feel worse for me and the Bears fans. Just another loss. Our boy absolutely will be not, will not be named Tyson. I can guarantee you that. So Ryan Poles was praising his coach because his team doesn't give up. And that's that's like the bare minimum. Does this group of people look like it's going to win a Super Bowl any time in the next five years? Every time I get reeled in just to be let down. You know what? the Bears. At least we got a good culture, though. We got that going for us, right? Right? Oh, John's Bob Charleston. Um, it's, it's a cultural thing. They're losers. Loser's a loser. It's not a page in fields, any of that. It, 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 they're just losers. You, you got to just cut that out. That's that's it. that's it. I'm probably going to be in the minority for this one, but I'm actually pretty happy with how the game went. Like I'm in full-on tank mode, so for me, this was great. Bold prediction: Cole commit touchdown. Count it. Hey, Hogan John. I was at the game in the dome today, and Tyler Gordon sucks. Who is who does he think he is being Spider-Man before the game and then going out and having a touchdown scored on him during the game? It's ridiculous. Hey, Bears fans, B-Man here. We, we lost another game. Uh, this is bad. Uh, I can't wait till Thursday. Let's hope Jesse comes back. Bear down. Oh, I'm right there with you, B-Man. I just, I'm going to be selfish. I, I, I want to see Justin Fields play. Is that too much to ask? You're muted there, buddy. Now I'm talking. There we go. Yes, it took me the system. Now, now, now I'm, I'm talking. Now I'm live. Now I'm talking. <laughs> now I'm talking. I am here. Um, the, the second voicemail was George Hallis spitting in his grave. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get picked that up the first time. Oh, you didn't? No. Yeah. No, no. It, it was the it was George saying now I'm just gonna go back to spinning here. <laughs> yeah, just going back to spinning here. Uh maybe a somewhat uncomfortable, but also probably fair at the same time. Clever. Halloween was just a few days away or a few days ago. Nice job. Still want to know what the baby's name is. So <laughs> tweet tweet at us at Hogan Johns. We need to know what the baby's name ended up being. If not Tyson. How about Adam? There the, Adam's a good name. Great name. Uh, probably not. First yeah. name ever. That's that's actually true. Um, yeah. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. Do you know that's why my name is Adam? Because it was the first name ever? Yes, and I was the first child. Uh, yeah, I was the first child. Too. I, I actually don't know the history of my, my name. Maybe they just liked it. My parents. It's a good name. It's a good, solid name. You get you lots and lots of butt dials because you're first. <laughs> you're first in a lot of people's phones. That is very true. Oh my god, the amount very of true. now, now it, it, it has cooled down. You know, in the years now of more like smartphones, where like it's not like people are, you know, pulling up their contacts and like at the top of their contacts yeah, yeah. as much as they used to. But but back in the day before phones were, you know, what they are now. I mean, I, I would say average one and a half butt dials a day. Yeah, it used to be so random, too. 
Like for me, it, it would be like people I've talked to for stories in the past who ended up saving my number because maybe we talked a couple times with Texas. Mm-hmm. But I got one a couple months ago from uh, one of Mitch Trubisky's old high school coaches. Oh, <laughs> I texted him like, hey, did you mean to call? No, he goes, no, butt dial. Good old right, butt dial. Have a good one. Oh, you're out? No, no, that was that's what I said. I oh, said, okay. okay <laughs> you were leaving the show. I said, okay, have a good one. I think I... I think it, I'm trying to think if I've ever, I feel like one time speaking of the, this is making me, I think I butt dialed Adam Burrish once again, Adam top of the top of the list. I made the mistake once I have so many Patrick's in my numbers or I started a group text and Patrick Sharp was in there instead of a, one of my friends, Pat. Oh, so that's happened once or twice. <laughs> you just started a. You had Patrick Kane and Patrick Sharp in a group text with your buddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Whoops. That's good. All right. Um, we should get out of here. Uh, this was this was uh, this was a good show. Glad we uh, did a much longer in depth episode for this game as it deserves. Bears Panthers. They might make fun of it nationally, but locally, God damn it, this is the Super Bowl. This is it. Right here. Bears. Get that number one pick. Got to win this game. Um, we'll see who plays quarterback. We'll be back post game. I would say there's a small chance this post game episode ends up Friday morning. We'll play it by ear. Um, obviously, actually, I should go ahead and say that because we're we're remote at CHGO. We have a watch party tomorrow night at Joe's on Weed. Come hang out with us if you want. Brian Erlacher is going to be there. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, we're pre and post from Joe's on Wheat Street tomorrow. Check all the events out. Uh, go to the events page at allchgo.com slash events. In the meantime, yeah, that's going to make it hard for me to do post game. So let's plan on doing it Friday morning as we Friday morning it is. schedule this stuff right here live on the show as we record. Uh, so, all right. Enjoy the game. We'll break it down on our post game episode Friday morning. And we'll talk to you then. See ya. The culture uh, in our building is outstanding.